Music is something, man. <laughs> if people could only see what we actually look like before this show starts. Woo! No, I don't it's think so. It's so. I mean, I think the only one here that has any rhythm is Schwaber, and that's because he's 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 so into music. So he knows his, uh, he knows his limitations. He doesn't go over right. the edge like we do. Right. So, uh, okay, everybody, thanks for being here. Welcome to the Sports Porch. This is our tropical edition. As you can see, there is Steve on my left or right. I can't even tell with these cameras. He's on his porch in Greenfield, basically. Mark is on his porch in Fox Chapel, and I am on vacation in the U.S. Virgin Islands. But we're going to go on with the show anyway. So thanks for being here, everybody. Drop a comment. Steve is in charge of the ticker tonight, so we're going to have a little bit of fun. Mike is also already saying uh, hello from Weirton, West Virginia. So hello, welcome Mike. to the show. Wild How are you and doing? Wonderful. And uh, let's just keep this excited and launch right into it right now. The first thing we're going to do, we're going to do this show in three segments. We're going to do first, we're going to talk Steelers draft. Second, Schwaber's compiled some great statistics on the Pirates payroll and how many single players in Major League Baseball make more money in one year than the entire Pirates payroll. Did you include the Orioles in that too, or are we just kind of, that's that's a given. Well, I think they're actually less. They might be the one team that's less than the Pirates. Okay, but that's okay. So that's fine. So it, it kind of includes, it includes that. Right. And the only reason I bring up the Orioles is because I grew up an Orioles fan. But, uh, and the third part, we're going to, we're going to talk about the, uh, we're going <laughs> to, well, I'm reading the ticker right now. We're going to talk about the, uh, the championship game tonight, college hoops, uh, Kansas, UNC. That'll be the last segment. We'll do a little, what are we watching? And the question of the day is, will I be a lobster by the end of the week? The answer is, it's always possible if I forget to put on sunscreen. But I think I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. I was in the sun the last two days, all day. I don't know if you're close. You got the clothes yet? Lighting or not, but you look to me like there's some sunburn under the eyes. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to bore. I don't want to bore everybody. Okay, guys, let's launch right into it. Uh, draft time is coming up, and this is. Uh, this is where speculation starts to run rampant and people start to do mock drafts and all that kind of crazy stuff. And uh, right now I'm, I'm going to defer to Steve uh, first. Steve's got some ideas on the first or second rounds, first and second round in the Steelers draft. Mark has some interesting stuff he wants to talk about. So take it away, Steve. And while we're talking, drop a comment, let us know where you're watching from and tell us what you think about uh, the Steelers prospects for a draft this, uh, this, this year. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. So. So I think what's interesting about the Steelers draft, looking at some of the so-called experts out there, um, probably the craziest thing that I saw so far was that the Steelers rack will actually trade their second round pick with the Giants, trade up to the fifth overall pick, and then take Malik Willis with that pick. Ooh. I think that would be maybe the dumbest thing they can do. Now, and I'm I'm not against the Steelers taking a quarterback. Let me just be out front with that right now. But only if a quarterback that they really truly believe is their number one guy and he drops to them at their first pick. Because believe it or not, at least I was looking at I think CBS has 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 a ranking of of all the all the players. And in so the Steelers are drafting at 20. Okay. And at the 20 pick, basically there are there are three quarterbacks that are there. It's Matt Corral or Coral, Malik Willis, and Kenny Pickett, all three guys that we've been talking about forever. So if one of those three right. quarterbacks actually fall to the Steelers at 20, I mean, I guess it wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers took Malik Willis uh, with the, with the 20th pick, if he's still there. 
I, I think that would be an actually an okay pick. Who I how would they how would they get up to number five though? They they would trade with the Giants. The Giants have like two or three picks in the, in the first round I mean, this would, year. Would the Steelers have to give up a number one pick next year? As part no, of it? so the the trade the trade that I saw was they would trade their first pick, so the twentieth pick, and their second round pick, which is okay. their they pick fifty second overall. Um, okay. They would they would lose that pick so that they could pick in the five spot. Gotcha. Um, and and it's just the Giants basically saying we'll take more draft picks. And what happens is is the Giants at the twentieth pick take who I think the Steelers should take with the twentieth pick, and that's Nicobe Dean. He's the linebacker from Georgia. I really like him. I think he's good. I don't think. I think ideal the ideal pick for the Steelers at the 20th pick would be Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle from Georgia. But everybody's got pretty much Baltimore taking him at the 14th pick. So I don't think he's going to slide to the Steelers. I don't think Baltimore wants him to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. So I think Baltimore is probably going to suck him up. Um, the, the only other position I like to talk about with the number one is the wide receiver position. And the problem with the number one position is they pretty much have to stretch on a guy. Um, all, the, all the receivers that I looked at that I like are either going before or are way after. Like, I like Dotson a lot from, uh, from Penn State. He's more of that slot receiver. But right now, he's ranked 39. I think them taking him at 20 would just be a mistake. I think it's, I think it's too high, but if that's the position they think they need to fill, eh, I wouldn't be against it. I'd rather see them move up. They've got a fourth round pick. They could probably move up or a third round pick. They could trade to move up in the second and maybe get him or George Pickens. I like him a lot from, from Georgia. So, uh, and he's, by the way, George Pickens is a six foot three, 195 pound guy. He is, um, he's one of the top five biggest wide receivers. I think having a big receiver makes a difference. If they wanted to wait, they could go on somebody like Christian Watson, who's from North Dakota state. He's actually this. He's a high riser, though. They're, they're thinking he, he he could go end of round one, mid second round. Well, everybody loves his size. He's the second biggest yeah. guy behind uh, that London from USC. So everybody loves his size. So you never know where these wide receivers go. Some teams get really high on wide receivers, and they just take them way out of nowhere. Like that's what the Steelers have done, and, and actually, it's it's done really. They've done really well that way. So. Um, um, so that's kind of my analysis of the first two rounds. The other guy that um, that that um, a lot of people are saying they might go for in the second round is this Chad Muma. He's a linebacker from Wyoming. He yep. goes in the he goes in a second round around 50, 54 pick. So so that would make sense to me. The steel I can see the Steelers going for somebody like him. And the other thing is is if they don't go for that um, quarterback in the first round, the second round that. That um, I forget his name, but the quarterback from North Carolina, he's usually there in the second round around that time. He goes, I don't think they'll go for somebody in the second round. I think that the Steelers are going to take a quarterback. They know they got to get him in the first round. They're not going to wait for a second round uh, uh, pick to fall to them. What did you see out there, Mark? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, what my prediction is, and then I'll, I'll tell you what uh, I think we all have to be mindful of could happen. Um, I think if the if the Steelers play it the way the Steelers typically play it, you know they either move up a little bit in the first round or they just stay where they are. Uh, I would bet that they stay where they are. I think my my first thought is that they might take an offensive lineman, uh, particularly that Tyler Lindebaum from uh, Iowa. Mm. Uh, my second thought is they might take a linebacker like in the Kobe Dean if he's available. Um, and my, uh, third thought would be, you know, one of these defensive linemen, seems like there's three of them on Georgia, you know, um, whoever's left in, in, you know, the Georgia mix. Um, that's what I foresee happening. Um, however, you know, today I really got surprised and I saw this report that you know every team has pre-draft visits right Mm. but i think it really says a lot about your pre-draft visits when you pretty much have like the the top six quarterbacks are visiting the steelers and they're Mm. visiting late in the game here 
right? We all know that they, you know, Tomlin went out to dinner with some, and, you know, the offensive coordinator, Canada, went out to dinner with some. Um, but they've got Desmond Ritter, quarterback from Cincinnati, coming in on Thursday. They've got Sam Howell, the uh, North Carolina quarterback, coming in on Friday. Sam Howell, they, right. That was the guy. Yep. yep. They've got Matt Corral um, and uh, Carson Strong. Uh, Ralph from, I think, Old Miss and Strong of Nevada. They're coming in next week. And they got Malik, Malik Willis coming back in two weeks. So, and they already met with Pickett. So they're really doing their due diligence on the quarterbacks. I mean, they're really taking a good look at it. And my guess would be if they go the quarterback route, I, I, I could be wrong here, but my guess is. I think the guy Tomlin wants is Malik Willis. Mm. Uh, you know, he, he's been talking for a while. He wants an athletic quarterback. And this guy made some throws. I watched the uh, I watched his pro day. He made some throws that people were just raving about. Um, and my, my thought is if Malik Willis falls, that's a guy that could possibly move up a couple spots, for, you know, maybe around like, 10, 11, 12, something like that. But, I, but you know, mo most of the um, draft, though, you know, they have Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, um, and usually one of the other quarterbacks. You know, uh, they have them all pretty much going like 12, top 12 picks. So I guess we'll have to see what happens. So I, I think uh, the big thing about uh, Malik Willis and uh, William Cecilo from Harmony PA living in Reedsville, North Carolina. Harmony, um, I think that's up north. Uh, of course, Richard, he's from Mechanicsburg. I know well. Bucko opening day Thursday. Don't worry, we're going to have some Buckos talk here. Uh, Janice from Monroeville, of course, is watching the show, waiting with bated breath for the college basketball preview, which will be. We're going to make her wait. That's right. We're going to make her wait. Thanks for being here. Really oh, appreciate sure. it. <laughs> so. Uh, but I think that the thing about Malik Willis from what I've seen and what I've heard is he's a project, um, mm -hmm. meaning that he's got the skills. Um, but one of the things they were talking about at uh, Pro Day, uh, and a Amy's addressing where's the kid noise coming from, and that would be the kids here at the resort down there. I'm gonna, let me let me just uh, scream at him and scare him away. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. Anyway, um, one of the hey, that makes that makes for good television. Screaming yeah. at well, kids. And the only thing I can tell you is that they are not our kids. If they were our kids, they would be tied up and in the closet, and that's just the way it works. So, um, anyway, the uh, okay. uh, Willis. The, I, I watched somebody about who was talking about the draft and the and the pro days for the quarterbacks, and he said a lot of these throws that they make. You know, they're throws that they make in, in every practice hundreds of times. So the fact that a guy can throw the ball 80 yards without any pressure on him, it's impressive, but it doesn't show his level of football IQ or his skill or anything like that from the standpoint of you've, you've got, you know, four defensive linemen and two linebackers gunning for your head and you've got 2.2 seconds to get the ball out of the right place. And Willis is more of a project. And I think if the Steelers, in my opinion, are going to reach for a quarterback in this draft, first of all, I think they're going to have to trade up to do it. And second of all, they're going to have to be sure that that's the guy. For me, that guy would be Pickett, only because with Trubisky, let's say that this experiment doesn't work out. Pickett is ready to come in and start right now. So, um, all right, hands. meet out, Mark. Go ahead. What about the small you, hands? Uh, well, I don't think uh, I don't really think that matters. I think he can throw the football. DG's in the house. Let's say hi to DG. He agrees with Mark. Hey, is like Willis, but I'm not sure they would move up to take him since they have some QBs to work with. So you know that's all that's all speculation. But I think you're you're right, Mark. I mean, you know, this is a big draft for the Steelers for all intents and purposes. So you're it's not that you're wasting time. You're taking an awful lot of time. Uh, sitting down with these quarterback prospects. So that must mean something because if you weren't that interested, you'd be meeting with the wide receivers. You, you, you know, you, you'd be looking in other directions. Um, and DG says, he think Tomlin likes Willis over Pickett. Yeah. I agree. That's what T Tomlin said that much. He said that much. I'm just, my opinion is that Pickett is an NFL ready starter. 
not that he would win the Super Bowl, but he already understands the, the pace of the game and how to read his progressions and all that kind of stuff. I think the Steelers need to go wide receiver. That's me. I know it's not what they do, but I personally think their receiving core is really going to be exposed. Yeah. Yeah, but the you. only the only the only wide receiver they could really go for, and I don't even think he's going to be there, is that Chris Olave from uh, Ohio State. I think he's probably going to go before. I think him in London, and uh, um, there's somebody else up there. They're, Maybe they're the only Williams. Yeah, Maybe yeah, right. Slides right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. They're just not in the right range. Sometimes when you're picking in a slot, you're kind of stuck. Like you don't want to overpick, and and then what happens is is you lose out on the on the right talent at the right time. And that's the only problem with the wide receiver. I agree with you. I think they do need to get a wide receiver. Um, but and as far as the quarterback stuff goes. I the reason why I think they'll go with Malik Willis is one I do I think Tomlin likes him but two I think they like the idea that he's a project because I believe that they feel like they've got the quarterback position covered this year and probably next year too so they don't have to play him so they don't have to rush him the the only problem with that is you still have to pay him pretty big money because he's gonna have he's going to have a pretty big paycheck the first two years. And for him to be on the bench for that long, that's why NFL players, that's why NFL teams are playing their rookie quarterbacks because they, they're, they're sucking up a lot of their salary cap in, in the guaranteed money. And you only have them for four years. So, I mean, it's a difficult situation when you take on a project like that in the first round and then you don't play them. But I can see why they they I can see the I can see the the fascination with him with the talent and the speed and the potential being the best quarterback. I think he probably does have the best talent, but can he put it all together on the field? That's what's unproven because he played for freaking Liberty. I mean, Liberty played nobody. I'm sorry, but you don't know how well he's going to compete against world class talent. I mean, Pitt didn't exactly play the hardest schedule, but they played a hard enough schedule where you can say, yeah, his head was in the game. He had to make his progressions. He's probably a cerebral quarterback. And I think with Malik Willis, you just don't know because he didn't play against that top notch talent. I want to get, uh, I want to get DG's comment in right here. He just sent us a thousand stars uh, for suntan lotion. Suntan lotion yeah. Thanks, DG. Do I look like a lobster already? I mean, come on. I think I look pretty good for being in the sun for two days. Um, so I, yeah, I, I agree, Steve, you know, go ahead. Schwab. Just take a little different, a uh, little different spin on it. I mean, here's the thing, you know, we're, we're kind of saying he's a project because he did play for Liberty. So we don't really know how he's going to play against the better teams, but the bottom line is we really don't know. I mean, maybe he is that good right now, you know, th- think about how things work sometimes. Now, you know, he didn't just go to Liberty. You know, he was a five-star recruit uh, who went to play quarterback at Auburn. And he was waiting behind guys, and he didn't want to wait anymore, so he went to start at Liberty. You know, think that other guy, Joe Barrow, who was a five-star recruit for Ohio State, and he didn't want to wait anymore. And then he went to LSU. Now, LSU a little bit bigger than Liberty, obviously. But the whole point is, is that there's a lot of guys who just – they go to a big school. They don't really have a chance to play. And so, you know, this guy wanted to get drafted. And, you know, look, his, his goal was I just need to start anywhere in college and I'll prove my worth and I'll be a number one pick. And, you know, that's going to happen. Um, and, you know, there's other guys from small schools like, you know, I know, you know, here in Pittsburgh, we hate him. But, you know, Joe Flacco, Delaware grad. Right. And what did he do? He left Pitt. Right. He left Pitt to go to Delaware so he could start. Right. So, yeah. you know, he might he might be better than we all realize. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, don't count it out that, you know, sometimes what happens is let, let, let's just say the Steelers pick it. OK, the plan will probably be Mitch Trubisky's our starter and, you know, Malik will learn for a year. Well, what happens if Mitch Trubisky starts and they're three and five and Trubisky gets injured? And then Malik Willis comes in and plays great two games. He may never come out of the lineup. 
you know. Hey, we we've seen that we've seen that uh, story before. Yeah, that's exactly what happens with Roethlisberger in his right. second game. True, Tommy Maddox went. Well, out if you think about it, it, if you think about it, that's what that's what happened with Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady wasn't going to be a starter, and then Bledsoe went down, and he never. You know, we all right. know, and I apologize for bringing up Tom Brady, Steve, but. Um, He's retired, uh, so, anyways. But, that, but that's another one there. Ben Roethlisberger, what Miami of Ohio is this college? Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. That, yeah. That, well, it that's doesn't always matter what school you come from, right? Right. It doesn't always matter what school you come from. So the 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 last question I'll have for both of you guys when it comes to the draft, because obviously we got another show or two that we can uh, when we get closer, we might have a better idea. Is does Willis fall to twenty? Or if the Steelers really are this high on him, do they trade up? Which is more likely to happen? I'd say a trade up's more likely. There's no way he falls that far. No way. I, I would say the farthest he would fall be like, you know, 14, 15 tops. Yeah, but that means then the Dolphins will take him, and I don't think they will, or the or the Eagles will take him, and I don't think they will. I think if he gets past I forget the team. Um, Carolina. Well, yeah, Carolina. But Carolina's right now. They're they're thinking they're they're thinking that they like Pickens probably. Pickens right. By the way, Eagles Eagles are one hundred percent out on a quarterback. They made they made a trade today. Um, they had three first round picks. They now have two, and they now have two next year because they wanted to be prepared for next year, which is supposed to have a much better quarterback crop. So with them saying Jalen Hurts is our guy, plus the fact they're prepared to move up next year, I think you can consider the Eagles out on a quarterback. So I think for that reason, I think if Malik Willis gets out of, gets out of the top 10 pick, I think he's got a good chance at falling to the Steelers. I really do. I just don't think that, you, that there, are enough, there are enough NFL teams out there that need a quarterback. And and I think he. But I guess my my question, Steve, was if do the Steelers like Willis enough that if they think he's going to go ahead of time, they'd be willing to draft for or excuse me to to trade up for him, or would they rather just wait and see? And if they're just going to wait and see, who do you think their number one pick is going to be if he's not there? I think the Steelers have too many needs to give away their second pick to get a guy who may fall to them. So okay. I, I think that while in the past they have done that, I mean, they traded up to get Troy Polamalu. So, I mean, there's that. Um, so, so if they have a guy that they like and they think he is the guy, Mark's right. They probably will do it. They'll probably trade up. I think that's silly on a project. I think that's okay on a given guy who you know is going to start like Troy Polamalu. Um, and at the time you didn't know he was going to be a hall of famer. So I'm not even using my hindsight with that, but they knew he was at least going to start. They knew he was the best safety in the draft. So why not go get somebody like that? In my opinion, to do that with a quarterback who's one of maybe two or three or four, who has a chance at, at being a number one quarterback. And he's the biggest quote unquote project unknown talent I don't know. I would be surprised if they would. I would be surprised if they would give up the second pick because I just or next year's first pick for that matter, um, because it's just too much. They need too many other players right now. They're in a rebuild. I think you let that fall to you. That's just okay. my opinion. <clears throat> okay. And yo, Carrie's in the house. Yo, Carrie, yo, what's Carrie. up? Yo. Okay, moving on to uh, part two of the show. Uh, last uh, last night we kind of teased it. Um, I think uh, Steve made this. Uh, Steve and Mark both made this observation actually that there are several. Uh, I don't know how many are on the list, but several major league players that have themselves a uh, paycheck that is higher than the entire payroll of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And we'll just throw in my Baltimore Orioles there. Let's put in this last comment from TBG. By the way, last time I thought I heard that Butler resigned, he actually did resign, but Flores didn't get the position. Terrell Austin was promoted to defensive coordinator. We skipped oh, yeah. over that whole thing. That's right. You're absolutely yeah. right, DG. Thanks for being here uh, and bringing that up. So, Schwaber. Um, yes. 
Give us the list, man. How many players uh, make? Who <laughs> put that up? Who put that up? Convince you that you're wrong. You're right. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> so the, uh, the Pirates payroll as of today is a total of thirty-seven point eight million. Okay, Max Scherzer is the highest-paid ball player in the. In Major League Baseball, his salary himself is $43.3 million. Nice. So he's making more than the Pirates and throw in two more players. <laughs> <laughs> well, does now, that, the, the, does that well, mean that the Pirates can just play him and win? <laughs> right. Now, I would say this. Now, the rest, they're – Nobody actually comes exactly to the 37.8 of the uh, of the Pirates, but there are about like 12 players who make somewhere between 35 and 37 million. Okay, so basically making, you know, close enough or two million less than all the Pirates. Those guys are Mike Trout, uh, Anthony Rendon. Uh, old friend of ours, Garrett Cole, uh, Corey Seager, Carlos Correa, Miguel Cabrera, Trevor Bauer, Manny Machado, Nolan Ariano. Uh, and you know what? The Francisco Lindor, uh, Steven Strasburg, and Jake DeGrom. So those are all. Right in striking distance of the entirety of the Pirates payroll. The one that hurts the most, I think, is Garrett Cole. <laughs> I know. You know? And, and Richard says it's, it's, it's just sad. How do the Pirates and O's get away with this? I, I, I think, uh, you know, Steve, why don't you answer that question as far as the Pirates oh, are concerned? Gladly, I can answer gladly. it for the Orioles. Yeah, go ahead. Gladly. Um, because the rules of Major League Baseball allow it. Here's what happens in Major League Baseball. In case you don't understand the financial situations, I'll do it real quick. All the teams get about $100 million for basically being on television. So right away, the Pittsburgh Pirates are getting a $100 million check from Major League Baseball. Okay? And they're earning $60 million on TV with their that's payroll. A, that's right. And then, and then they get to whatever profits they make by the, you know people coming to the park buying beer buying souvenirs all all the all the stuff that they sell that's on top of all that right nobody knows what the number is but it's a big it's a bigger number it's probably not bigger than 100 million but it's somewhere probably between 20 million and 50 million okay so they've got 150 million dollars in profit right away so if they're only spending 35 million the question is is how much of that between 35 million and 135 million do they need to spend to put a competitive team on the field and and actually on top of that there's a luxury tax right so if you spend over i forget the number mark help me out maybe it's over 120 million or something like that then you start paying a luxury tax because you're paying more than the much no, more than the average or something like that. Well, it's actually, it's it's pretty high. I can't remember exactly what it is, but I think it's like so, 195 million or something. Okay, so if you're spending over 190 million, then you actually have to pay a tax to the other teams because you're spending so much money to make them more competitive. But there's no rules that say you have to now take that money that you're getting from these players and put it into your franchise. You can put it right in your pocket. And and this is why this is why the whole Major League Baseball negotiations was a total scam because nobody wanted to fix any of that. They people wanted to still spend as much money as they wanted to spend, and other teams at the bottom didn't want to spend us. They didn't want to have a floor, so they just left it the way it is. And this is what we're left with for at least another what five years. Collective bargaining was for for five years, I think. So at least another five years, this is what you get when you have uh, a guy like our famous owner, Mr. Nutting, who just doesn't want to spend. So if you want to go to the park and pay for that, you can. But I think it's foolish. And and therein lies the problem. Basically, where that leaves the Pirates 
is the only shot you have to compete is to nail the draft about three or four years in a row. And that's what they did when they had McCutcheon and Garrett Cole and that whole crew. Well, let's face it. The year that they won, what did they win? 100, 100 games, 102 games? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 101, I think, yeah. Yeah, wh- whatever it was, their payroll was at $95 million. And all mm-hmm. they had to do was probably pay maybe five or ten more million. They could have been just as competitive the next year and probably would have been competitive for the next few years. But what did they do? They gutted a team. They sold everybody out. That's when they got rid of Cole. That's when they got rid of all, all of their good players, McCutcheon and 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 all all those guys. And they did they just disappeared. They they didn't get anything in return because they were just wanting to dump their their salary because they wanted to take that $50 million and put it elsewhere, not into the Pittsburgh Pirates. And here's my, here's my final suggestion. I think if the Pirates are going to continue to do this, that that, and I'm serious about this, that the Pirates should not be allowed to play in PNC Park anymore. They should send them over to the Riverhound Stadium on the other side of the, <laughs> on the, other side of, of the river and make them play over there. If they're only going to get 5,000 people, there are plenty enough seats for about 2,500 to 4,000 people over there. They'll sell out. Let them sell out over there. Just put them over there because that's what they are. That's where they belong to be with a payroll of $35 million. Bring now, the Riverhound and put them in PNC Park. I'll pay money to go see them before I'll pay any money to that asshole. Just hold, hold on. That's that's like the old days. They they the, the smaller acts played at ice at the IC Light Amphitheater over in Station Square. <laughs> Let's put them in the IC Light Amphitheater. This is just like something obviously that would never happen. But I heard about it the other day and you know somebody was coming up with it on sports radio and it, it actually made a lot of sense to me. What, what do you think about the whole idea of, you know, if you're an owner of a sports team, you know, you get 10 years to make the playoffs. If you don't make the playoffs in a 10 year span, you have to sell the team. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, unfortunately, I think that owning a baseball team, obviously it's a privilege, but it, it's also a business. And in spite of the way we feel about it now and the game has changed, even back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever, uh, the owners that owned the team, it was a business. So I think if you have the means, then, you know, you should be, and you buy the team or you have an investor group, I don't think you should be forced to sell just because you don't make the playoffs. Um, I, I know it puts you in a dilemma like the Pirates situation, like the Orioles situation, who basically is similar to the Pirates, uh, other from the, other than from the standpoint that their owner has gotten very, very old and there's some family issues going on with control of the team. And they signed a big TV deal and they did try to break the bank about seven or eight years ago. Uh, and they had players like Chris Davis, who they signed to a monster contract, who just fizzled out immediately and Manny Machado who went for the money and they didn't want to pay him. And their big thing was they didn't want to bring in pitching. They thought they could hit their way to a championship. And we know that worked out poorly. And now they're in a position where they too have a ballpark, much like PNC in Camden Yards, which was the first ballpark that started this, this, this revolution of going to these retro parks. And they have the luxury of having that park in inner Harbor and it's built up and there's, all kinds of tourists and they make money off of that. And they're kind of stuck. They're kind of stuck in the same place. So I, I, I don't, I disagree with that idea. I, I don't think that's a good idea at all. Um, but not because you said it, Schwaber. <laughs> well, what about the, this fact? Now, obviously, yeah, it's a business. You own the business. It's your business. I get, I get that. But should, should we be looking at sports teams as different than a typical business? Like, does it really belong to an individual owner? Shouldn't it really belong to the city? You know, they're the people who, you know, spend all the money. They're the people who live and breathe it. You know, they're the people who wear the colors of the jersey and you know, they're the people who support the team, you know, and it's, it's almost criminal to have these rich, powerful people, uh, you know, in charge of, of something that so many people are opposed to the way they're running it. 
know, it, yeah, it, well, if you hear the politicians talk about it, they'll say yeah. stuff like, well, it's their civic trust to do it. But the, right. I think the problem the problem I have with that is when 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 the URA, the Urban Redevelopment Authority, bought the stadium and financed it basically through the taxpayers. What they should have done was rather than oh, by the way, the pirates there's a really good article. I think I put it up on the sports porch, but um yeah, on the sports book Facebook post. Um the, the pirates, all the money that they give for you know basically playing at PNC Park, it goes back to them in capital investments. So it, it's not like they're even paying off the debt on on the park. It's just becoming this big debt load that the city now owns. And they're mismanaging it. And that's the problem, Mark. Like, I would agree with you, like, yet that we should think about uh, sports franchises differently than just regular businesses. But when the when the public is, you know, financing a stadium, especially, there should be some escalator clauses in them when they sign the lease. But there never is because they don't want the team to just disappear. And and the, and the thing that drives me crazy is they'll say, well, look how many people we drive downtown. Well, there are 80 GD games downtown. So it's really easy if you have five or 10,000 people to get almost, you know, a million people downtown in a season for baseball games when there are only, you know, 40 uh, Penguins games and there are only eight Steeler games. So you can never drive that many that many fans to there. And by the way, it's mostly the same old fans. So these fans are not going downtown and, and blowing, you know, all their money on it. They're spending all their money on their season tickets and they're trying to find the cheapest parking. They're not going downtown. They're not staying. They're not staying in. Um, they're not going out to the restaurants. They're not staying in the hotels for the weekend. If you get a good team, that's what happens. And that's what happens with the Steelers. People will come in from out of town. They'll sell out the hotels. They'll go to restaurants. They'll make a weekend out of it. It's totally different. And that's this is my this is my last thing I'm going to say about the Pirates. It drives me crazy. That right there, the total amount of fans that come down is just a bullshit number that they just throw out there to say, well, we bring this many people downtown when nothing could be wrong. Nothing could be more wrong than using a statistic like that. And, and until nothing goes, nothing is going to change. So I just pray every day, and I want everybody on the sports ports to do the same, that nothing will eventually just sell to somebody else who really cares about baseball in Pittsburgh because it could come back, and it doesn't. It won't take much. And and the problem is, is I don't know who you're going to find it has. What is it? $1.23 billion the franchise is worth now? Like I, I don't know where you find that money anymore, unless I think we we tried to we tried to raise some stars for uh, naming rights of Heinz Stadium. I don't think we could even fathom yeah. that kind of non- money to buy the Pittsburgh Pirates. It all starts with yeah. stars to the sports porch. We're ready to buy the team yeah. when you are. Yeah, that's right. We'll step in and make them a winner. Maybe you'll carry a little sassafras for us. Yeah, right. I love it. Thank you. I love it. Yeah, and 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 uh, what what will it take for nutting to sell? Says Richard. I, I you know I would say probably a great big huge payday, well more than what the pirates are worth, because his investment yeah, has paid off for him in spades. And right, it's like you you put a losing product on the field, but it's a cash machine for you. Yeah. If I'm him, I don't sell. You know, Why I would don't you? sell. You can make fifty right. million every year in in perpetuity. Right. Well, and that's that's my argument against this whole thing is everything you said is right, Steve. But as far as uh, as far as a business goes, as long as the fans are willing to continue to go to the game and as long as television rights are still there and profitable. And as long as, like you said, that luxury tax is still putting money in their pocket, unless there's something in the collective bargaining agreement or in the agreement in major league baseball for the luxury tax that says you have to put a percentage of that money back into the team to make it competitive and competitive is a relative term. Many teams have overpaid for players who have ended up not being competitive, you know, strikeout King, Chris Davis. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, it's almost like you're saying you're required to put a winner on the field. 
that's not that's really not true. I mean, every team can compete. We've seen in the NFL that on any given day a team can win. Now there's more parity. Tapped on, by the way. So, oh, got to got to say hi, Kyle. Of course, announces his presence. Bye. Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> he really knows how What's to up, stir things Kyle, up. Hey, man, honey, Kyle. Kyle's in the, Kyle's in the show. <laughs> What's up, Kyle? Thanks for being here, man. Um, so I, I, I think even in baseball, while you could argue that the Pirates or these teams, they, they, they're putting up triple-A products and double-A products, on any given night, they could win the game. I mean, that happens. You know, the Pirates, they, they beat the Cardinals. You know, they don't. They, they, it's rare that they, they, they go 0-7 against a team, although it does happen – more often than you would think. So it's, it's a really, it's a really tough thing. I mean, you, you really have to hope that, you know, that the team is sold or, you know, sometimes is it in the case of some owners, you know, maybe there's a change of heart. Maybe, maybe one year the, the, you know, nutting says um, let's spend a little bit more money this year and, and let's get somebody. Maybe he listens to the fans. I, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but right how now old, that's all you can hope for. By the way, how old is he? I don't know, Steve. Do you know? Uh, he's he's like in his uh, early sixties, so he's young. Uh, yeah, that's not so. Yeah. yeah, if he goes the way of Jack Ken Cook, he's going to own this team for another twenty-five years. You know, but yeah, Jack Ken Cook won Super Bowls. So, um, all right. Well, there you have it on the Pirates. Let's. Uh, why don't we move on now to uh, something that's going to be happening here in another ninety minutes or so, and that would be college hoops, the national championship. Uh, one more uh, comment from Richard, not old enough. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, we talked a little bit about this on the preview last night. Um, we went over the picks and uh, Mark nailed it with Kansas and, and UNC. Steve was off. Uh, or do we want to do a little Penn's thing or we, we don't need to? No, nah, we'll, we'll do we'll do a Penn's. Uh, we'll do a Penn's next thing week. In, uh, next week. Yeah. yeah I, I want to say I wanna that. Do, I want to you know, do. Oh, see, all you yeah, have to do right. is say, let's do hockey. And then there goes Joe Carey with that damn that's circle. Right. That's right. Yeah, that's why I put that up. Okay, so uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about college hoops tonight. We got Kansas and UNC. What are, you guys, what are you guys thinking? What's the early line on the game? Well, Kansas is favored by, I think, yeah, four Kansas. and a half. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to go with UNC. Um, the, the pick doesn't make any sense in my mind. If you really think about it, the big guy who had 21 rebounds for uh, North Carolina got hurt towards the end of the game, uh, and he's going to be going up against, uh, I think his name is McCormick, who is McCormick, yeah, for Kansas. So that doesn't bode well. Uh, Kansas is, is deeper. Uh, but I just feel like UNC is sort of riding a high, and I think it's going to continue uh, their superstar Caleb Love is going to have a big game, and I think North Carolina takes this one. Yeah, I this think I'm wrong, hard. but that's what I'm going with. This is a hard pick because uh, I agree with you. I think North Carolina definitely is rolling. Um, definitely with that big win off of Duke. Um, but I, I just think that Kansas is too deep. I don't think that Bill Self is going to have – there's there he's he's a no hype guy right he just he's gonna have them ready to play look if Kansas come out comes out uh shooting rocks then I'm gonna go with UNC you'll know I think you'll know in the first 10 minutes if this is gonna be a game or not unfortunately I'll be fast asleep by then because there's no way I'm staying up to watch this game 920 start this is not made for old men I'm sorry this is definitely made for college kids I even I even asked my son today I said Hey Max, are you gonna watch the game? He's like, uh, yeah, I'll probably watch. The Pens are playing Colorado, right? <laughs> he didn't even know the game was on, and I, I was like, no, dude, the the NCAA championship game. Oh, yeah, what time's it on? Nine twenty. He's like, yeah, I'll probably have it on in the background. But he even thinks that the, you know, it's kind of boring to watch forty minutes of of NCAA basketball. And I agree. I think if if you watch the second half in a close game, it's kind of like the NBA. If you watch the fourth quarter. Or if you watch around the sea, you know, we've had this conversation around the time where it's about to turn the 100, who's going to get the 100 first, then you can right. watch an NBA game. Like you can, right. you can miss the first 90 points. It's who can get to a hundred. So you turn the, you turn the game on maybe towards the end of the third quarter in an NBA game. I look at the same way with this Kansas UNC game. 
I do love Caleb Love, though. I think he is the man. I'm waiting for Janice. Yep, old ladies, too. See, your mom's going to have a hard time. Start hitting the coffee now, uh, Mrs. Klein. I think that's probably your best bet. Um, my my problem is is if you stay up till halftime, it's 1030, and then what are you going to do? You, you get, right. You're, you're going to stay up and watch the whole game. I mean, at that point, well, I might as well just stay up all night. But I think Kansas. I think I'm going to take I'm going to take Kansas. I'm going to take the favorites, but uh, I think it's a pick'em game. And if I was betting, I would probably take the four points in UNC. To be honest with you. You know that's that's almost like a a question for like all of sports, which is something I just don't understand at all. Which is why are these playoff games televised so late at night? You know, I, I do get. Part of it uh, is to include the West Coast, but the the other side of it is, I mean, if the if the whole idea here is for every sport should want kids, children, adolescents, they should want them to become their biggest fan base because they're going to watch it for years and years to come. And if they can't watch it because they got to go to bed, that just it defeats the purpose of it to me. Yeah, so, I don't understand the nine o'clock, the nine twenty on a Monday. I mean, right. they just think of the ratings they would get if they would put it on at like eight o'clock on a Friday night. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, right. it would be or, crazy. It would just or be nuts. Six on a, or six on a Sunday. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. They it, probably it, could it, play. It, they it, probably could play back to back games, but. Um, because they don't hype it up. You know, it's not like they take a week like the Super Bowl, well, two weeks in the case of the Super Bowl to hype up the game, you know? Yeah, I mean, they, they could have done, for the Final Four, they could have done one game at 6 on on Friday night, one game at 9 on Friday night, and, you know, 5 o'clock championship game Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got to think, 5 o'clock is dinner time for a lot of people. So... You got to put it in a, at a space where, you know, you know, there's going to be eyes. So I agree with you from the standpoint of, you know, 920 and the fan base and all of that. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of smart people doing the demographics on on uh, how many eyeballs are on the TV. And it's all about the revenue. It's all about the revenue. And yes, <laughs> my mother's up every night until 1 a.m. Unfortunately, <laughs> she's watching MSNBC. But uh that's another topic for another show. By the uh, way, you'll carry. Yes, it's not that we're that old; we can't stay up. It's getting up at three forty-seven in the morning the next day. That's the hard part. <laughs> yeah, but that's Steve's mistake. That's not my mistake. Well, so yeah. Um, so, so wait, are you going to stay up and watch the game? Then is that what you're saying? Me? Uh, I didn't um, think so. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like my son, for God's sake. <laughs> Yeah. I don't. I don't want right, to know so what's Mark, going on you, in the you, foreground. You, by the way, yeah, that's <laughs> also another topic for another show. Um, so, Mark, you're picking Kansas, you said, right? No, no North Carolina. Mark's going with the. Oh, you're blue. picking North Carolina. Yeah, Steve. Well, Steve, it's interesting when you said, you know, if, if Kansas comes out and, and is is shooting bricks, then you're gonna, you know, you're gonna kind of think that maybe it's gonna swing North Carolina's way. However, you guys were talking about the fact that that. Uh, Kansas is actually a uh, second half team and when they turn it on. So I'm not so sure that that necessarily equates unless North Carolina jumps out to a 25 or 30 point lead, but I'm not no, so sure that think, really equates that. I think, it's gonna be tight I think Kansas. Yeah. I think Kansas is just a streaky team. And if they get, if yeah. they get, if they get streaky early, they tend to streak through most of the game while they could they could literally throw up bricks and they could they could get down by 20 points against North yeah. Carolina because North Carolina doesn't seem to miss much and uh, I actually I think Kansas is probably a better um, offensive uh, rebounder but yeah we'll see we'll see so here's Chris CD is a little late to the show but I'm glad he's here uh, he's going with Kansas but would love to see Hubert Davis getting one in his first year oh um, that's great he he pulled a climb there. Uh, I, 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 I like this team, but I'm going with that team. <laughs> you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say his name I'm is Chris. His I, name I, is Chris. Carolina or Kansas is going to win the night. Yeah. yeah. Well, I that's, think it's that's either going prediction. to be North Carolina. And if they don't win, then it's definitely going to probably be Kansas. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's you can take that one to the sports book all the way, all the way. So I I, uh, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, you know, it's a classic matchup. Um, I'm I'm just going to go. Uh, I'm probably going to go with with North Carolina because growing up, I you know, being a Jordan fan and all those great years in North Carolina with Dean Smith and loving those teams. I just have an affinity for North Carolina. So for me, it's kind of from the heart. It's more, I hope North Carolina wins. Um, sorry if you're a Kansas fan, I could, I could give to, you know, what's about Kansas. <laughs> doesn't matter to me. Kansas is like some really flat state uh, way out there that has a lot of wheat. Uh, no, no offense to Kansas people. I'm sure it's lovely. Uh, Yo, Kerry has one more question here before we move on. Would you guys trade the Pirates for an NBA team? Also, the refs will win. They never lose. (laughs) I don't know. Would I trade the baseball team for an NBA team? That's an interesting – I would have to analyze that. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, but that's kind of – You know what? Because here's the thing about – here's the thing about that. No, I think the answer to that is no. Basketball is – it's an easier game to be competitive with. Because, you know, there is um, a salary cap. It's pretty it's pretty well mapped out. You know, all the rookies get the same deal. It's a lot like the NFL. You know, when when you get an extension, you know, you, you can qualify for the max. It's it's you always make more money if you stay with the team that drafted you. Um, and the bottom line is, it's you know, look, I mean, you, know, you have 11 players on a basketball team. But really, it's five guys and hopefully a couple good bench players. So, you know, if you're a new team, let's say, let's just say you came in, you're a new team, or you're just, you take over another struggling city's terrible team. You know, it, it takes just two or three drafts. And, you know, if you, you make the right picks, you know, you can become a playoff team. So why not? I mean, yeah, look, you know what? I think you're right. I, I think I'm with you, Mark. I think I would definitely, at this point, I would trade the Pittsburgh Pirates for an NBA franchise with nutting on the helm. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And we I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, no, I'm here. Are you there? No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I had the mute on because all the kids in the background, I, I, I agree with CD. There's too much baseball history in Pittsburgh. First of all, that's, I mean, and I know history is just that it's in the past. But at the same time, I I think the bigger question here is not trading the Pirates for an NBA team. It's would an NBA team be profitable in Pittsburgh? And the jury's out on that. You know, basketball has never been a big sport here, even at the collegiate level. So, I I mean, maybe maybe it would be. I'm not saying it wouldn't be, but I think that's the bigger question. Um, they're, They're two different experiences completely. You know, two different experiences. You got the outside game, you got the ballpark, and then you got the NBA game, which granted it's a faster game, it's more exciting. And Schwab's exactly right. You can put a winning product on the field or on the court pretty quick in basketball. And there's a lot of incentive for good players to stick around. So the key is just getting it. One thing the NBA does much better than Major League Baseball is market their product. Mm-hmm. So people are going to be more willing to go out and spend money on guys that they see on TV all the time, yeah. you know, compared to, you know, who is Mike Trout? Yeah. Yeah. And we've, we've had this discussion before and, and, and you're absolutely right. The baseball in the last, really in the last 10 years has not done a very good job of marketing their product and putting the players that people would identify with and, and seem as like good guys in, in front of everybody. You know, they came out of the, they came out of the PED scandal <clears throat> like in really bad shape and they never did anything to, to turn that around. I mean, there's a lot of teams and a lot of players that do a lot of good things for the community and that we never hear about any of that. So, you know, I, I, I think you're I think you're right. So that's kind of a question that can only be answered if and, and they always explore bringing an NBA team here. There always seems to be some sort of talk about is it possible? Is it in the works? Um, I, I personally think that an NBA team would be welcome here because it would give the fans something else to go to. Part of the reason would be because the Pirates think so bad and it would be nice to have a professional product on the field. 
Um, you know, we all know, and we're looking forward to the USFL and the Pittsburgh Maulers, but that's more because it's going to be fun to make fun of them. You know, it's, they're not, even though it's a, professional league it's really a tryout for the nfl for guys that couldn't make it in the first place and you know if they return to the glory days of the usfl that lasted basically two and a half years but those first two years were pretty fun we'll see so um that was a great question thanks yo carrie finally you contributed something besides sassafras and chocolate milk so hey nothing <laughs> wrong with sassafras we like the sassafras around there we got lots it's all of code it's all code nowadays <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up with um, just a real quick. We, we have been doing our top 10 favorite shows of all time. We got all the way down to number five. Um, this week we would have done four and three, but we're going to take a break on that because I'm on vacation. I have my list with me. Um, so real quick, what are we watching? I'm just going to I'm just going to start with this and say, Schwaber, before I left for vacation, I had actually made it to season seven of Bosch. What so I know you're really impressed, right? I think there's eight. I right? know. I think no. I think there's only seven. Oh, is it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm almost done. But highly enjoyable show. Love the guy that plays uh, Bosch, Titus Well, Titus Welliver. What a name. Yeah, awesome. And and then of course the 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 title of the character he plays is Hieronymus Bosch. I mean, he could have just called himself Titus Welliver. But uh, the they're way, based on the books. Yeah. By the way, you know you know what I also is a little fringe thing I like about the show. I, lo I love the uh, the jazz beginning. That song in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like that. It's like a it's like a dark nighttime, you right, know, right. vibe like crime, you know, drugs, all that right. kind of stuff. But it's a good show. Um, Steve, what are you watching right now? Um, I actually watched um, that uh, show on the that Bitcoin guy. Um, I think it was called Trust Nobody or something like that. And basically, it was about the the uh, Quadriga CA guy up in Canada who uh, who had the exchange for Bitcoin. It was really it was really fascinating how this guy basically milked people out of about $190 million dollars. <laughs> it's fascinating. You got to you got to you got to see it, especially you, Klein. You you know you're in the conspiracy stuff. They get into the land of conspiracy and. And, you know, they they basically say there's no way this guy could have done it. And yeah, it, and, and the ending is is kind of anticlimactic, but it's it was really good. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Right up there with your conspiracy you theories. Yeah. Help. From there you go. Help from <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I'll that's what it. I was watching this past week. Um, I think uh, Better Call Saul starting this week, too. So I'm looking forward to that. That's definitely going to be on my list of things to watch. Oh, and Last by the way, I'm still. Yep. Still watching The Walking Dead live, so I'm fully up to speed with The Walking Dead. Whenever you guys decide to want to, you know, pull out your old DVRs and pull out the tape of the ones that you're taping now, you know, I'll be happy to. Uh, Carl, <laughs> uh, Car Carl's right, not Robert. in these. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. We don't want to ruin it for the for the 18 people that have never watched it. All right, right. Robert, what are you watching? Uh, I thought I would mention a show that, you know, like, you know, it, it would never make my top 10. You know, it's it's maybe somewhere in that, like, you know, 18 to 25 range. But, you know, we never really talk too much about just regular shows or regular TV. Um, and we had mentioned, uh, I believe Janice Klein mentioned Blue Bloods uh, the other week. That's a really good one that I enjoy. Uh, and another really good one that I enjoy that's just on regular TV is SWAT. I don't know if you guys have ever seen SWAT. Mm -hmm. It's got Shamar Moore is the uh, is you know, <laughs> Shamar Moore is is the star of that one, and it, it's just a good. It's like an action-packed cop show, you know. Like ba basically every episode, you put it on from beginning to end, you're completely entertained, and you're like. At the end of every episode, it's just much like Law and Order. Like you know, at the end of every episode, you're like, "Man, they did it again." That's a good they got job. the good, they got the bad guy, yeah. Because <laughs> that's the way it always happens. That's the way it always happens. Another <laughs> show, another show. Good, yeah. Another show that I show. Another show that I enjoy watching is uh, the way it really happened on Headline News. I don't know if you guys have watched that. It's called The Way It Really Happened with Hill Harper, or How It Really Happened, sorry. 
Thank you, darling. How it really happened, how it really happened with Hill Harbor. And they go into uh, like the death of Michael Jackson, the death of Prince, oh, Tom yeah, Petty, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and everything that leads up to it. And it's it's a good show to watch. So regular TV, again, we don't dive into too much. They so, have those autopsy um, ones, too. Have you seen those? I think yes. it's on A&E or something like that. Oh, Real yeah. autopsies. Well, or something. Alien autopsies. Well, no, yeah. these well, aren't those alien are, autopsies. <laughs> They're just uh, regular are, people. I have, however, watched a few of those. Yes, I have. I've watched a few of the alien autopsies. And what I've noticed about most of them, and this may, I don't know if this is indicative of where I'm really from, but they all have uh, extremely white teeth. Mm. Extremely that, white. That is very alien looking. Like Rex very Ryan. Alien looking. Hey, since, since last episode. Yeah, I was going to say, he is definitely. Since last up episode, just, uh, just update me. Last 51 years. Any alien sightings yet? All For the you? time. By me? Yeah. I did see one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have no memory of it, though. <laughs> I have no memory of it, though. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, guys. I, first of all, I would be remiss if I did not thank the Pittsburgh Property Diva, the biggest thank sponsor you. of our show, and get her beautiful face on our live stream. She's sitting here looking at me smiling right now. So... I think we're not get some ice cream and soda tonight. You never know. I mean, generally I'm not allowed to have that stuff, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> and I want to remind everybody to visit the Facebook shop and pick up your Yinzer hat. It's very important. I'm representing down here. Uh, DG, good guy, good show, guys. Enjoy your time away, Chris. See you next time. DG, one of our biggest supporters. DG, I want you to email me. I want you to pick something from the shop and email me um and uh steve get that comment down now and let's say goodbye so um thanks a lot from the u.s virgin islands and st thomas from the greenfield porch and the fox chapel porch uh, i want to say thank you guys for watching keep up the faith and we will see you monday of next week take it easy guys